is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Healthcare Wrap. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, back and better than ever. This is the thick of conference season for many of you, as you probably know well. Most of you have had uh, the opportunity, it seems, to have attended a ShishMed recently or a SiteCore Symposium or a number of other related conferences. And so I hope you are enjoying those. I, I've seen a lot of your tweets on these conferences and have loved hearing about the ones I'm not able to attend. Uh, there are, however, a couple that I have been able to put on the schedule in the upcoming weeks. And I wanted to mention a couple of those in case you're able to be there as well. I'd love to catch up with you in person. Uh, next week, I'm going to be speaking at Digital Pharma East in Philadelphia. And in three weeks, I'm going to be speaking at a couple of different sessions at HCIC, the Healthcare Internet Conference, uh, right here in sunny Arizona, November 5th through 7th. The session at Digital Pharma East is one called, we're calling it Connect the Docs, uh, using data to improve how you market to providers. And it's going to be a, a fun one. I haven't really taken that angle before about how to tell if you're marketing well to providers. So that should be a fun one. And then at HCIC, there are a couple of sessions. The first one is a pre-conference session that is about social media. It's called, Are You Riding the Social Media Wave? And it's with a couple of friends of mine, Neil Lincoln from Children's Hospital of Wisconsin and Stephen Strong. So uh, that's going to be a fun one. That's a, about a three-hour pre-conference session. And then also on the next day, November 6th, Tuesday of HCIC, there's a session I'll be participating in a panel discussion hosted by Paul Griffiths, the CEO of MedTouch, called Realizing Consumer Journeys, a panel on digital innovation. So we should have a lot of fun on both of those. And like I said, if you happen to be at either one of those, uh, feel free to, I, I'd love to catch up with you all in person and uh, have a lot of fun there. So with that being said, I want to usher in our special guest co-host today. I'd like to welcome Chris Pace to the program. Chris is the Senior Director of Digital Marketing for Banner Health. Chris, how are you doing? Hey now. Hey, Jared. Good to, good to be on the show. Big fan. Been a lot of fun to get to know you, Chris, over the last couple of years as we've We've kind of gotten to know each other. We do happen to have the advantage of living in the same area here in Arizona, but I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little better. If you wouldn't mind uh, giving yourself a little introduction, tell us a little bit about where you are now, how you got there, anything special about yourself uh, you'd like to share with everyone. Yeah, sure. So I started at Banner about eight months ago, and um, my charge at uh, Banner is to basically lead three pillars of responsibility. One is the website. I also oversee content marketing and then service line marketing. Banner has been 
an organization in a lot of transition. It's a big organization. I think about half of the market share in the Phoenix area. We also have service areas in Tucson, northern Colorado, and then spread out across uh, four other states in the West. Prior to joining Banner, I was at Dignity Health, and that's where Jared and I got to know each other uh, through some uh, joint venture partnership with uh, uh, Phoenix Children. So when I was at Dignity, I oversaw marketing and particularly the, the transition to digital first focus. That was my first foray in marketing. Prior to that, I was in strategy, facility planning. I did consulting under those same disciplines. So I've been kind of, I grew up backwards in marketing. I started with strategy, getting an understanding of how the hospital systems and industry worked. And then out of the blue, I was convinced I was a marketer. And, um, and I, I learned that this is really my passion. And I love the sociology and psychology of trying to figure out consumers. I love the data that goes behind digital. And I love linking strategy to marketing, which is a bit of a novel concept in the healthcare space. I would say that my career, I've noticed that marketing was treated sort of as the function of operations. You make your brochures, you make your collateral, you make your posters, you do billboards and react to everything that is asked of you by leadership. And what I'm working on doing is flipping the model and creating a strategy-first, goal-oriented team that focuses on execution. That does seem a little different, like in a good way. Change is good. Embrace it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's funny because you mentioned that you, you feel like you kind of got to marketing in your career almost backwards. But I wonder, you know, if you if you talk to yourself five, six, seven years ago, would you have recommended the same thing? Like, like, do you think that's going to be kind of the way it happens more often, you know, starting out maybe in a strategic role and then transitioning to marketing? I'm, I'm just curious how, if, if you're looking back, how you feel that's helped you. Understanding the product you're selling is paramount because if you think of those four p's of marketing product price place promotion the promotion part is is really the the artwork of the marketing venn diagram but if you think of the science part it's really understanding the who what when components of the journey and i feel like i'm a much better version of myself because of the fact that i understand the capacity constraints and the functionality that exists within uh, how patient flow works, how physician relations work, how that entire supply chain functions, and then applying all of that knowledge into how we address consumers directly. Because consumers don't have a ton of choice in healthcare. You're limited by your payer or your referring physician or just the geography that you live in. And what we want to do is make sure we're addressing the moments of the consumer journey that we can influence. So are we delivering value? Is value important? You know, those are questions that our consumers can tell us, but unless we ask, we don't really know the answer to it. And um, the the other piece of it is really understanding who you are and what your value prop is. That's a MBA strategy first mindset that it doesn't translate 
overly well when you're working with clinicians because, and it's kind of weird because they work in this evidence-based medicine philosophy. And what I preach is evidence-based marketing. If you look at the data and see what it says and respond and react to how your consumers are behaving and adapt to it, then you have competitive advantage. And if you just do the same thing over and over because you know, Dr. Smith wants a billboard of him and his, you know, talk about his quality scores and people will drive by it on the freeway and just ignore it just like they do every other billboard. You're not winning anything because you can't measure the impact. You can't adapt or uh, respond to the results. That's really true. And in fact, that, that's going to lead us right into our, our rap battle for today because there's a couple underlying assumptions underneath what you just said. So let's dive right into our rap battle. Rap Battle! So Rap Battle is actually our segment here where we challenge assumptions that we feel like have been holding back healthcare marketing. And like I said, there's an underlying assumption here to what you just described. And it is that marketers actually really do understand consumer behavior and that we know what it means and, and how to identify it. So we're gonna challenge that. We're gonna see if we can just knock that right out of the water, you know, right off the bat. And I, I think to start that off, I'd love to hear just, just what you think, you know, do, you know, why do marketers need to understand consumer behavior and, and how, do, how do they typically go about trying to do that? So I think, you know, the first piece that I look at is getting sort of, it's almost like the, the, the festivist moment. You have your, your airing of grievances, you kind of unpack, let's, you know, look at all of the different areas that we can address a consumer and all of the channels, all of the types of messages, long form, short form, visual, video, etc. And you want to try and determine who are we? If we're going to draw a line in the sand and say, this is what my system or my hospital represents in this particular thing that we're trying to message. Um, let's use you know, orthopedics as an example. We are state-of-the-art in orthopedics. Research says that the term state-of-the-art is meaningless to consumers. So try again. We have the best outcomes in orthopedics. Well, consumers assume if I'm going to have a procedure done, that thing better come out well. I mean, it's either it goes well or it doesn't go well. So, you know, it's pretty binary. So again, I think most consumers assume that the outcome is going to be better than what is going on in their life at the moment. And that's why they choose to have procedures. Uh, the other uh, piece is never get too cocky about who you are. You know, Banner is a huge health system. We have 29 hospitals, I think 13 or 14 in the Phoenix metro. So big is a way that consumers might describe a system like Banner Health. But is big better? Big means a lot of points of access, but big can also mean con confusing. And it can mean that there's so many people you have to talk to to get an answer to the problem you have. So I think it's really getting an understanding of who you are and who you strive to be. And, and that's your start point as to understanding consumer behavior. Because you, you, you can't identify with the consumer unless you know who you are and can demonstrate who you are. 
Okay, so there you were talking about evidence-based marketing. And so there's obviously some evidence that has to show you who you are and what your brand means and what that experience is to people. So how do marketers go about finding finding out who they are? Because it sounds like that's more of a starting point before we know who our customers are. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I have the great fortune of being part of the strategy team, which I, I, again, I've worked in marketing shops where marketing was not really attached to strategy. And then I've seen what it looks like when it is part of strategy. And the world is much better when it's, when marketing is part of strategy. And the reason for that is because if you don't have goals set and expectations aligned with what you're messaging, then the game's over. All you're doing is throwing tactics out there and not, not getting anywhere. So how do you figure out who you are? I think you, you kind of approach it, you know, with MBA brain. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, you, you have to start there. All strategic plans start with that. Marketing plans should start with that too. The second piece of it is focus groups. You know, there's different ways to do it. We have a pretty healthy budget, so we can do third party and first party research and focus groups about understanding who our consumers are. But there are online tools that you can use, like feedback, or there's a few others out there that I can't remember the names, but find ways to interact with your consumers. You can even use polls on Facebook or on Twitter, or just ask the question. Ask the question to your loyal loyal followers and ask the question to your detractors and get a real clear understanding of what you're good at. Are you good at communication? Are you good at frictionless pathways? Are you good at outcomes? And figure out what your value prop is. On the flip side, know your weakness. Does it take too long to get an appointment? I mean, I, I, I've can't tell you how many times I've worked with physician groups that say that they need marketing. And all you have to do is ask two questions. One, how long does it take to see a doctor in your group? And the typical response is four to six weeks. You look at the data and it's actually like six to eight eight weeks, but let's go with the four to six assumption. Okay. Well, if you're booked out four to six weeks, to me, that sounds like you're full and you don't necessarily have a growth problem. You have a flow problem. So marketing can't solve for flow. Marketing can totally solve for growth. You know, it's like that old Yogi Berra quote, no one goes to that restaurant anymore. The line's too long. It's insane when you kind of step back from it and say, you need marketing, but you're booked out four to six weeks, but let's move on. So let's assume that it can see next day. Then the question is, okay, what is your differentiator? What, what makes you different? And you know, this is the hardest question to answer because it, ha- it forces you to be introspective and look at your positive sort of strength side of the SWAT. But you also have to step out, outside of yourself and say, okay, well, what does the rest of the world expect from primary care or from orthopedics? Same-day appointments are probably table stakes at this point for primary care. For orthopedics, it might be online scheduling or it might be you don't need a referral to come see us. Then the next step is, okay, well, how do we compare to our competition? Are we where they are? Do we force people to come down to this campus that's not desirable or are we located in 
areas that are attractive. And so, you know, what I've seen success in, in, in my organization doing is going to where the consumers are versus assuming they're going to come to us. And that's sort of that planting the flag out in the suburbs, planting the flag in, in retail centers where you might be competing to buy space with like a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks versus competing against another medical group that's trying to buy medical office space and being really innovative on how you're addressing consumers. So it's not just marketing supplying the heads and beds or the the feet in the door. It's the entire end-to-end experience is truly important. And you have to stand out because, again, with choice becoming more and more of the norm and the expectations aligning with other industries, other industries have solved for this. Airlines, hotels, retail, fast food, they all understand what moves the needle. Healthcare just has rested on laurels for so long that you know we're now trying to catch up with everybody else and um you know digital's a great way to help enable change but it doesn't create change it, it, it the change has to be baked into the culture of the organization Everybody wants their content to work, but if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new, cause innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Guys, listen up. True North Custom is the only healthcare marketing firm delivering the full continuum of content strategy. For 30 years, guys, 30 years, they've helped healthcare organizations engage consumers and clinicians through award-winning content and data-driven campaigns. Today, more than 500 clients trust them for expertise in three categories, excellent content supporting brand, driving business, and leveraging marketing technology solutions. Think about it. Two-thirds of healthcare marketers feel content marketing is essential or very important to their organizations. But with the rise of content marketing as an effective way to amplify your voice and boost patient volume, separating your brand's signal from all the noise can be a challenge. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? So here's where this comes in. This is an exclusive download for Healthcare Wrap listeners. True North has a free guide for you to download. It's called Content Plus Automation, the modern marketing power couple. Guys, this is a way to supercharge your content strategy. It's really easy. All you got to do is go to bit.ly slash healthcare wrap one, the number one. That's where you will find this exclusive resource. Again, it's available only for healthcare wrap listeners. So check that again. It's at bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number one. Tell your whole crew. So how do we go from from that point? Because I think that resonates with a lot of listeners in terms of taking some steps down this this path. So how do how do we get from that point to being able to predict consumer re, like consumer behavior itself? How do we use data in any way that that we can tell what's going to happen? Because behavior changes so frequently these days. Are are there ways we can predicted at all. Be a strong analytics shop is number one. There's a lot of free analytics tools. I mean, Google Analytics is table stakes for everybody. We're looking at investing in the premium product, but you know, we're a large organization and right now we use free just like, you know, community hospital XYZ in rural area of USA probably uses the same platform. But you know, if you can start to stitch together what your consumer behavior is when they engage with you. That's really the first step. 
are they bouncing off when they land on your homepage? Are they, how long are they remaining on your site? How many click throughs are they doing before they make an action or take an action, have clear calls to action on your website so that you can make things frictionless. Not everyone has online scheduling, even banner doesn't for most of our services, but we have calls to action that are in place to make sure that the transaction is completed and we can at least measure that something happened, whether it's a phone call or directions or what have you. But really get a deep understanding of what you can understand. And then the second step would be to conduct that third focus group research and just listen. We, you know, there, There's that qualitative analysis that you can do that will say, hey, you know what? Your billing system sucks. I mean, that, that's probably the vast majority of complaints is billing is awful. And maybe we can't solve for that, but maybe we can make the, the emails that the consumer receives when they log in to pay their bill and get a reminder or a thank you or what have you, make them a little friendlier. Invoke empathy. Empathy is, uh, is a huge lift. Uh, I was looking at some data earlier. Um, I was thinking of Kairos because I'm going to their conference next week in Boston. And um, Kairos is a tool that, you know, it's, it, it's one of these find a doctor out of the box solutions. We're a one of their bigger clients and um, they, they did a consumer research study that showed, you know, what we assume is true about consumers that, you know, Hey, they're all they're doing is researching online or all they're doing is coming to our website first to find a doctor. They're choosing the system before the physician. And um, what we, what we learned from this study is that two thirds prefer to call versus book online. Now, there's probably a lot of caveats that not many systems have book online. The book online solutions may be terrible or not complete. They don't act like you would get at booking a hotel or uh, booking a, a table at an open table. The other piece that was really interesting is that 38% prefer referrals, but then 90% are still doing online due diligence. Now, where are they doing online due diligence? Your data can show you, hey, are they checking out our health library A to Z? In Banner's case, no, they're not. They're not looking at that data. They're not looking at that information. They're getting that somewhere else. Google says that 80% of the healthcare journey starts on generic search, just looking at cardiology or orthopedics or something very basic. And more than likely, it's going to WebMD or mind body green or one of the the health content marketing uh, engines no health system in America can compete with that part of the journey so let them own that when it's time for preference time you know that's when you can optimize your site to align with the position and the journey that the consumer is at Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, trying to wrap all this up because, you know, like all into one, because there's probably a different starting point for, for every listener now. And I will say one thing, cause never let perfect get in the way of progress. So it sounds like such a huge mountain to push. And we, you know, we use this saying uh, at banner, you know, forget about the pushing the boulders, the boulders are going to be there. Try moving grains of sand, because if you can, start moving grains of sand, the boulders might start moving themselves. And I think that's a really crucial 
element because it, it, it does feel overwhelming. There's so much opportunity and so many directions to go. And I get it. I empathize. I want to solve for everything, but pick your battle. What is the low hanging fruit that you can address? If it's just aligning your navigation to match up with how consumers are engaging with you, that might create some wins that you can then take. And, you know, it's easier to win from wins versus win from losses as my Boston Red Sox show in their playoff push. You can win from success. Winning from failure is, is a little bit harder, but never let failure get in your way either because you learn from failure. So don't be afraid to try things, but also when you get momentum, take advantage of the momentum. Oh yeah, that does sound a lot, a lot better. So, okay, so in these last couple minutes then, what does marketing look like 10 years from now? In 10 years, we will know, well, I'll say this, innovative organizations because everything's consolidating. So we're gonna have, instead of you know hundreds of systems, we'll probably have a lot less than hundreds of systems in the future. Consumers are gonna become more savvy and own more of the pocketbook there's going to be tech players that are invading the space and chipping away at the layers of acuity, more so on the, the digital delivery end. So harness your craft to get a clear understanding of your numbers. And in 10 years, I would say we are going to be doing deeply personalized journeys for consumers that are almost prescribed to the individual. So we'll start leveraging you know, health data from applications. We'll start leveraging voice search so that we can really delineate the intent levels of of how people are trying to find services. I think there's also going to be Uber and Lyft have changed everything as far as how we think about the immediacy of now. Urgent care seems pretty urgent and, and quick and you know, if I get seen in an hour, that's probably good enough for today. But in 10 years, if I'm not feeling well, I assume that I'm going to be able to go on my phone and order a wellness experience. You know, however that's delivered, whether it's in person, like a video visit type of scenario, or maybe you could order a nurse to come to your house. Uh, you know, dispatch health is totally disrupted the urgent care industry by creating this Uber model for nurse practitioners to come to your house and solve low acuity issues like, you know, sniffles, bumps, cuts, etc. So I would see expect to see more of that. And and really it's all about addressability. So understand your audience, micro personas, micro targeting, and really uh, leveraging data like retail and Amazon has been doing it for years. And great insights. This is a this is one one battle that I am pretty clear on and pretty sure of, that we just destroyed this the assumption we started out talking about a few moments ago that, that essentially uh, wrapping this up saying we understand some things but we're really just beginning to understand how consumer behavior works and how we can leverage it. So Awesome insights there. We've got a couple minutes left, and we're gonna try this if, if you're if you're game for this. So we're gonna try a little shout out segment. So let's do it. Yeah, let, let's do it. Shout out. So shout out is where we just recognize a person, a thought, something we saw at the supermarket, just something that stuck in our mind and caused us to think about the world a little differently, maybe a little more positively. 
and we just something that's stuck out to us recently. And uh, I, I, I can go first on this if you want, Chris. So if you've got one, we can we can hop on that right afterward. The one that stuck out to me today was Twitter chats, and I'll I'll tell you why because there's there's a number of them that a few years ago when I was really trying to uh, dig in and, and understand the national narrative about healthcare and, and marketing and digital and how it all fits together. There were a couple of Twitter chats that I would log on to and, and participate in. I would try to every week. And I did that for, for a number of years and I still hop in there whenever I can. But there's two in particular. There's the healthcare leader Twitter chat, which is hashtag HCLDR or healthcare leader. And it's every Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern time, 8.30 in the evening. And then there's the health IT social media or HITSM Twitter chat, which is on Fridays at noon. And if you haven't done a Twitter chat before, the way, the way they work is that anyone can log on. And I mean, it's literally just, you're just following a, a hashtag, right? So you set it up in Hootsuite or whatever your TweetDeck or whatever your listening platform is, and you just follow the, the hashtag. But usually about every eight to 10 minutes, there's another question posed. And those questions are usually posted ahead of time so people can have an answer ready. And people are just you know, rapid fire, answering questions, uh, replying to each other, just just throwing thoughts out there. And the, the amount of, I can actually relate this to this topic of consumer behavior because the amount of information that I gained about what people think about certain topics and how they're approaching it and what their pain points are, what their problems are, what they're struggling with and what they're they're succeeding with, the foundation of that came from a lot of different tweet chats, but those two in particular. And so it was a way to just rapid fire, get involved in a community because that's where I, I say met with air quotes, right? Where I've been able to meet a lot of, a lot of different people in a lot of different online communities. So I just want to give a shout out to Twitter chats in particular and the healthcare leader and uh, health IT social media uh, ones in particular. Uh, those communities are, are they're two of my favorites. Um, oh, and I, I would be remiss to not mention the health IT marketing and PR community one as well, uh, hashtag HITMC, which is once a month. It's usually the first week of the month. So awesome stuff. So anyway, that's that's how shout out works. It's just kind of whatever's sticking out there. So you got something for us, Chris? As I was describing my journey in the beginning of the show, one of the major shout outs that came to mind for me was never underestimate the value of mentors and your network. And I'll mention one individual in particular, because without his vision and seeing things differently than in sort of my black and white binary mindset, I wouldn't be where I am today. And um, it's Frank Austin. He's the uh, chief marketing officer at American College of Healthcare Executives. He just started there a couple of weeks ago. And I had the pleasure of uh, hanging out with him uh, while I was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I remember clearly it was four years ago when I was still at Dignity Health on the strategy team doing spreadsheet after spreadsheet and market analysis and competitive analysis. It was an area I thought I, I loved, but I was also helping the marketing team get an understanding of how to figure out data and do targeting before it was cool. And uh, when Frank joined Dignity, he heard about the stuff I was doing and he came to me and said, I think you need to be my director of digital marketing. And the role hadn't existed at 39 hospital, you know, $12 billion company. Uh, this was new. I looked at him and I thought he was crazy. And I said, well, I'm not a marketing person. Forget that. And I kind of went on with the rest of my day. Then he came back to me a couple months later and tried again. And I thought to myself, okay, 
if opportunity strikes twice, what do you do? Because I think there's some line about insanity if you do the same thing twice and expect different results. So I opted for the yes. And, um, you know, it was a scary thing, but I think never be led by fear is kind of the quote that sticks in my head. And Frank kind of paved the way. Fast forward four years later, here I am leading digital marketing for an $8 billion, 29 hospital system. And it wouldn't be the case without him and seeing something in me that I may have not seen. So I try to carry that forward with others that I work with and that work in my organization. Even, you know, I try to take the time to work with others and help them figure out their path because, you know, again, we work a lot of hours. We, you know, we, we spend a lot of our life trying to figure out what our purpose is. And, um, you know, I think I've found it. I feel like I found it. It was a completely different direction than, you know, when I was in grad school or undergrad and trying to figure out what my thing was going to be and what Chris Pace looked like in 20 years. And I'm proud to say that I was wrong 20 years ago. And I'm proud to say where I am today and where the future goes. So mentors are awesome. Networking's awesome. I wouldn't know Jared without networking. I wouldn't know a lot of people without networking. So again, just take advantage of all of your relationships and make sure that they're authentic and transparent because I think you learn so much more approaching life that way. I'm going to plus one your whole comment, your, your whole <laughs> segment here, uh, especially about networking. I mean, from a mentoring side, from just a peer-to-peer side, it's invaluable. That's why we go to conferences. That's why you, know, you do some things online. We connect with people there, but then seeing them in person, keeping in touch, like being the one to reach out, being the one to go to lunch together, to to connect. I mean, that's where we get out of the echo chamber. That's where we get out of the day-to-day, the daily grind, and we're able to kind of elevate ourselves there. So yeah, perfect way, uh, perfect way to kind of wrap up the, the, the entire show today and appreciate your everything, all your comments, Chris. Uh, if our listeners want to reach out to you and, and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Chris Pace. I know there's a lot of them, but you'll see my awful looking corporate headshot and, um, you know, just Chris Pace Banner Health, you'll find me. I left Twitter about a year and a half or two years ago uh, for obvious reasons. So uh, I am not uh, participating in Twitter anymore. But um, yeah, LinkedIn's good. You can also shoot me an email, chris.pace at gmail.com. If you have any questions, I'm always happy to answer any questions about whatever, whatever the recipe of the day is, whatever the weather looks like in any part of the country, how awesome the Red Sox are, the epic ride that the Patriots have been on. It's all fair game. <laughs> I knew you'd slip in another Red Sox opportunity there. So so way, way to balance us out as we usually just end up talking about other teams here. So anyway, Chris, so thanks again for, for joining me today. And on behalf of Peter and myself, thanks and that's a wrap. <laughs>